Welcome to the Better Than Yesterday podcast, where we'll be discussing all things health and fitness, nutrition and mindset with your host, Pete Slevin. First of all, thank you for lending me your ears and coming along for another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Today's episode is uh, another press record and talk episode. If you've been listening to the last um, couple of episodes, you'll know the score just from some of the feedback I'm getting from you. Uh, you seem to enjoy them, so thanks for that. And um, today's episode I'm recording after just coming off the back of the weekend where I did my Ironman 70.3 in my hometown, Cookstown. I had been uh, training to compete at a more uh, exotic location. It was to be in Lanzarote, um, but unfortunately, last minute, COVID red tape meant I wasn't going to be able to get in into the country. And uh, so we had to resort to plan B and coordinate a course uh, around my town. So the swim, obviously, we had to do in a pool rather than outdoors. But these things happen. Things never run smoothly and you have to improvise, adapt and overcome. So in the lead up to the race, I'm still calling it a race, by the way, even though it was me versus me. Anyway, if you've been uh, following me for a while, you'd perhaps know the journey. It probably started in earnest around May, June time. Um, quick backstory, like I, I started in the gym way back in spring 2010, got in shape within a few months. And to be honest, I've kept myself in shape since then. Um, but I've never really had or I've never really set myself any real challenges um, my approach was very much to be like a hybrid athlete, if you could call it that, whereby I had a decent physique, I could go into the gym, I could lift strong, um, could go out and run without blowing a gasket, and I suppose try to be as lean as I could be, to be as strong as I could be, to be as fit as I could be, um, and ever ready. That you're never more than a few months away from doing any real challenge if that ever came up. Um, so that's my idea, that's that's what I like, that hybrid athlete. Um, we're not just, you know, sort of one domain where, yeah, you can lift strong, but you couldn't run the length of yourself. Um, I like that sort of all-round package. And quick backstory, I remember myself and a good mate of mine, both of us were gym buddies and just for the hell of it, we rocked up one morning for a half marathon without any real training. You know yourself, if you're training for a marathon or a half marathon, you have a training program to follow. We hadn't did anything like that. We rocked up in the morning and we actually smashed it out. Just our overall fitness got us through it. Um, and that was way back in, I think, 2015, 2016. And I haven't done anything like that since. So around May, June time, with my training and that, I was feeling kind of bored. I was staying in shape, I was in reasonable shape, but I had nothing really to aim for. There was nothing exciting me. And uh, I said, okay, I, I need to set myself a challenge. And I came up with this idea that I would train properly for a half marathon and then progress from the half marathon to uh, doing this Ironman 70.3. And I wanted to do it in sort of quick succession. Um, you know, within like six months. So that was the challenge and that's what we did. My coach, Joe and I, we put a plan together. We got to work 
and we were bang on track. But then the nasty old COVID came and it knocked me out. It knocked me for six. I was more or less in bed for the month of August and we had the half marathon scheduled in with our whole training. We had that scheduled in for September. So we had to push everything back to the end of October, start of November. And uh, we got through it. Um, boy, it, it definitely was tough. Like I remember, I remember the days after the half marathon, my body felt like it had been hit by a bus, not gonna lie. Um, but I suppose the whole reason why I wanted to do the half marathon again was to beat my time from the previous five or six years ago. I wanted to see where we could get with actually following a proper plan. And um, wouldn't you know, I was actually a few minutes out, which really, really annoyed me. I was actually a few minutes slower than what I was back in 2015 and 16 when I didn't even train for half marathon. So work that one out. But life gives you lessons and you learn and you use the feedback. What could I have done better? What should I not have done? And looking back, I probably wasn't as resolute with my nutrition. I probably wasn't as tuned in with my rest and my hydration. Maybe, yeah, the, the impact of COVID, maybe I hadn't fully got over that. Um, but there could be a multiple reasons. Um, so once we got the half marathon out of the way, then our attention turned, our focus was then solely on this Airman 70.3. And with my work commitments at weekends, the only one that was going to work for me um, was this one in Lanzarote on the weekend of the 19th of March. So we got to work and um, I knew out of all the disciplines, for any of you that aren't aware, an Ironman consists of swimming, running and biking and uh, swimming was always going to be the discipline that I struggled with most. Um, I thought I could swim uh, and it wasn't until I went to a swim coach, Elaine, that I realised Really, all I, all I was doing was stopping myself from drowning. Um, I wasn't swimming at all. My technique, everything was terrible. And there's so many factors you have to consider when you're swimming. I didn't even realise it. Your breathing, your technique, how your body's positioned in the water. You've just got so much to think about. Um, whereas normally I would have been just thinking from getting from A to B, from one side of the pool to the next pool without drowning. But as with anything, practice and turning up consistently definitely improved my swimming. And then learning from people who have been there before me. Um, my good friend Lucas, who has swam uh, the channel and things, you know, getting tips from, from the likes of him. Obviously, investing in a coach with the likes of Elaine speeds up your progress and you learn what not to do and things. So... As you can imagine, like anything, when you start something new, you're not going to have a lot of confidence doing it at the start. But as you hit little milestones, I think that's what breeds more confidence, build more confidence, more self-belief. You know, getting across the pool and doing 100 metres without stopping, 500 metres, then 1,000 metres. Same with the running, you know, doing a 5K, 10K. Same with the bike. 20k, 40k, all of those things. And then with regards to this Ironman training, putting it all together so that I 
the likes of doing a swim then straight into a cycle your confidence just goes to a whole new level each time and if you get your nutrition right consistently for a few weeks or months if you consistently do the dog work in the gym etc all of that is just going to put you in a much better place you're going to start backing yourself and you know i say this to my guys all the time inside better than yesterday you know confidence comes from doing what you said you were going to do having more competence with what you're doing more confidence with what you're doing you really do start backing yourself so it was now just a process of putting in the distances putting it all together and uh, i spoke about this with my clients on monday night the things that allow us to achieve the goal that create the success in the long run are the things that don't look like they're having any impact at all in the short run does that make sense and i suppose breaking it down the small steps the 20k cycle how's that going to allow me to complete 90k the 100 meter swim how's that going to allow me to complete nearly 2k the 8k run how's that going to allow me to complete 21k but when you do the positive actions consistently you progress the distances week to week small steps that that will then allow the body to facilitate the big goal and complete the race and that's the same with fat loss you know improving the quality of your food prepping and planning your food improving your sleep improving your recovery routine following a training plan replacing habits that are perhaps feeding your failure with positive habits that um, that will feed your success. The little 1%. You've probably heard me talk about it so many times. And no matter in what arena, in life, work, play, the difference between winning and losing, you know, the gap that separates success and failure is ever so slight, so subtle, that a lot of us never see it. And it's those little one percents. What can you be doing better? And then when you add in time, you'll achieve the result you want. And I suppose that that got me thinking throughout the race. You know, no genuine success in life is instant. Like life, life isn't a clickable link. It just doesn't happen overnight. And I think we've now got accustomed to that clickable link everything being instantaneous now but the end result comes from a long series of little things compounded and done consistently over time like guys it's taken me many months for me to be able to facilitate this Ironman event but like I said, this time last year, I would have perhaps thought it was beyond me, that I couldn't do it. But the more weeks that I showed up with my training, with my food, the more self-belief and confidence, the more I realised I was capable. And again, crossing that over and relating it to a, a fat loss journey, or if your goal is to get stronger, whatever your goal might be, like when you see the scales going in the right direction, when you feel or you see yourself adding more weight to the bar in the gym, 
when you get that feedback from all your positive actions, clothes fitting better, all of those things, that just drives you further. That gives you the momentum. That enables you to do the stuff you have to do, even when you don't feel like it. You don't need motivation. You'll not need willpower. You just rock up, you just turn up and show up every single day. And that that all comes back to your why, to your reason. That has to be strong enough, big enough. Like if you're thinking, oh I need to lose a few pounds. That isn't going to cut it. But maybe if that few pounds causing you to feel like shit. Causing you to not look at yourself in the mirror. Causing you not to be able to wear the clothes you want. If that few pound is affecting your outlook, your confidence, and you're fully aware of that, if that pain's causing you too much, then it becomes a big enough reason. If it's causing your health to slide further into the red, that you can't enjoy playing with your children, that you're feeling sluggish all the time, like those are strong reasons, those are strong whys. But you have to have that clarity. That has to be hitting home. And another thing that helped me massively, and it's something that I preach about to my guys every week, planning and self-reflecting. So, planning. Like, for me, as the distances were going up every week, my training volume, my intensity was going up. More times needed. So I had to be diligent when planning. And being self-employed, has its benefits it does help to some regard but it also means you have to be on point with the time that you set aside for your work you have to put boundaries in place but you have to show up at your best or else you're not getting paid so you can't afford to mess about with this and then when you throw in two kids and a partner who works too and we share the childcare, planning was crucial and that that goes from a nutrition point of view, hydration, recovery point of view, all of those things. Everything had to be on point. And obviously we couldn't afford for injuries or setbacks. So we had to protect that as best as we could. And like guys, most Sundays, like I was doing brick sessions. That's where you put a couple of these disciplines together back to back. Um, sort of replicating uh, the race if you like. And... These these sessions could have taken me three, four, five hours on that day alone. Then during the week, it was a case of, um, I think it was like three to four aerobic sessions and three to four gym sessions, um, which were crucial from a body composition point of view. Like I didn't want to slack off in the gym. One of my goals was to do this, complete this whole thing with as big a rig as possible. Like I didn't want to lose too much shape or muscle. And then also from a performance point of view, obviously, you know, the gym, the gym work's going to help prevent injuries and all of that. So um, obviously in the, in the weeks leading up to the event, the volumes pulled back a bit. So it wasn't uh, as pretty full on, but for a good couple of months, it was pretty intense. Um, so planning, planning was crucial. And for you, if you're training for something, whether it's to improve your body composition, fat loss, whether it's performance based, Whatever it is, and you need to be in the gym, you need to be out getting your steps in, or you need to be getting your workouts done, plan your week. Make them a non-negotiable. 
you know, think of your work, think of your social life, think of your kids, whatever it is, see where you're going to get everything in. What I'm trying to say is don't leave it to chance because it never happens. Things will always pop up that seem more important. Things that you'll always prioritise over the things that you don't really want to do. And planning isn't just about your workouts. It's the same with your meals. And you don't have to prep. Like I, I didn't prep any of my meals. You don't have to live out of Tupperware. But simply knowing, knowing what you're going to eat, that that can be crucial and can prevent you from you know reaching for the convenient, poor quality, heavily processed kind of stuff. All right? So then the next thing is self-reflection. And I think this is something that a lot of us don't do. You have to review your day. You have to review your actions, your decisions, your choices. And I would do this every night. Was there anything I could have done better? I would do it on a daily basis and then at the end of the week. What went well? What didn't go well? And all that is doing is it's giving you feedback. And this this allows you to see if you're progressing or not. There's no hiding. There's no, no time for bullshit. And if the feedback isn't what you wanted to see or read, then you know what you have to do. You know you need to improve. And the last thing you don't want to do is feel sorry for yourself and bury your head in the sand. You want to use that feedback. We learn, we progress. And it's just, self-reflection is just another tool that is going to ensure that you're moving closer to your goal and hopefully prevent you from moving further back it's just another another little one percent and another thing that helped me massively was accountability like obviously i had my my coach joe in my corner but i put this out on social media that i was going to do this event and the only reason i did that was for accountability family and friends knew i was doing this i couldn't let them down like i, I didn't want to look like a dick and there was many a time, let me tell you, many a morning, dark morning, I did have that conversation. What's the point in doing this? And that's where accountability comes in. That's the reason why I put it out there in the public domain. As soon as I made up my mind, I was doing it. Then there would be no turning back. And I would advise you to do the same. Whatever your goal is, whatever it is you're trying to achieve, that accountability prevents you going back on your word. It prevents you from getting complacent as well. It gets you... It just gets you to where you need to be quicker and it stops procrastination setting in. All right, so get accountability from a coach or tell your family and friends what you're doing. Have them hold you accountable. And guys, if those those around you aren't in support of what you're trying to do, like if you're trying to level up, if you're trying to demand more of yourself and those around you are holding you back, then you know what you have to do. Your environment is crucial to your success. All of those things, environment, your boundaries, your planning, your priorities, they're all going to determine what kind of result you're going to obtain in everything in life, your business, your career, your relationships, your physique, because a lot of those things are going to, they're going to determine your choices, your decisions, your actions, and that's going to determine, determine your results, which brings me to the week of the race all the hard work had been done now with regards to training and uh, I suppose my body's capacity to now endure so it was pretty much a week of rest a week of recovery very little training 
I think I did um I did one short bike session and one short run session. Like like I mean fifteen, twenty minute jobs. Um and I knew that the little one percents were gonna come from my nutrition, they were gonna come from my rest, ensuring that I was getting optimal sleep and just making sure I was getting or keeping the body well hydrated. Then the crucial stage, like 48 hours out, it was imperative that I got enough carbs on board. Same with 24 hours before, which was just, <laughs> if you know me, that's that's heaven to me. I mean, come on, give me give me all the carbs. But um, my frame, I, I'm about 80 odd kg, so like I was getting like 5,000 calories on board the two days prior to the race, every day. Um, close to 800 grams of carbs both days um, as well as my normal protein and fat um, and all this is doing is it's, it's just going to give you the body give your body the energy it's going to fill the muscle with glycogen and it's just going to allow you to endure as much as possible for the next six seven eight hours of the event um, and then obviously uh, when you couple that with the nutrition that I would be taking on board during the race and I have to say, I think I think we actually nailed this side of things, um, and it just shows the importance of nutrition in everything. Like guys, when you can get to that stage of your health and fitness where where you stop deeming foods as good and bad, where we can now look at food from a fuel perspective, from a an energy perspective. Like I, I can't stress enough the importance of high quality food. For your vibrancy, for your mood, your energy, your performance, body composition, just for your your health overall. And I think between the media and, and whatnot, we stress too much about stupid protocols, stupid quick fix, magic bullet stuff. You know, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I eat this? Should I eat that? No, no, just... Just bloody start eating high quality food, whole food. It's going to be full of nutrients. You know, reduce the heavily processed stuff and, and watch how everything changes. And I mean everything. But I do think um I do think we were on point with our nutrition, with, with our fuel fueling um throughout the whole race. And like we went out the night before the race and pinpointed exactly where we should be refueling between water, glucose drinks, carb energy bars, bananas, electrolytes. Um, and I actually think from a recovery point of view, the days after the race, I think this helped me massively too. Like I, I wasn't as sore or tight as I expected. Um, no doubt I was a bit fatigued, particularly in the evenings for a few days, but that's it. Also, I've been, I've been taking cold showers every day so far this year. So what we're, we're coming up to the end of March. So... Every morning I've been taking cold showers and that might have helped helped as well with the recovery. But bringing you to um, the race day and I'm just giving me a wee second to take a sip of water here. So um, yeah, race day. Thankfully um, it was a beautiful one. It was sunny, it was dry but it wasn't Lanzarote um, and it certainly wasn't uh, it wasn't until I jumped on the bike that I realised that there was a serious headwind. Um, like the trees didn't seem to be moving, so it to to totally took me off guard. 
but there was uh, a serious headwind. Um, so starting with the swim, like I said, I had to use a pool for my swim and I, I had toyed with the, out, uh, the idea of an outdoor lake, but I was just fearful that the waters would still be too cold this time of year for the length of time that I'd be in the water. And I hadn't been practicing in a lake either, so I didn't want to leave it to chance to see how the body would react. Um, knowing me, I would probably die from hypothermia or something like that. So I didn't want to leave it to chance. Um, but the swim actually went well. Like my, It was probably my best session so far. And uh, the funny thing is, the week before, um, 10 days before, I'd, I'd been doing my training uh, session in the pool and I had a really shit session like I, I couldn't believe it you know a week or so out and here I was more or less drowning in the pool um, so I was really dreading this part but I got it done um, so you have 1.9k of a swim to do and I did it in around 50 minutes um, and to be honest I was sort of expecting about an hour maybe an hour and five minutes um, so to come in at, at 50 minutes was, was a massive uh, plus for me um, so then it was a, a quick changeover and onto the bike and uh, I'm not just saying it I was I was right against it for the first first 20k or so like the headwind was really being a fucker but as I was going to soon experience that was going to be the least of my worries um, so basically the route that I was doing it required me to do a 45k loop twice so 90 90k um, and around 25k in, my tire blew out. Fuck, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I had been on the bike for months, and not so much as a flat tire, not so much as a chain to change, or anything. But as fate would have it, race day, and the bloody tire blows out. And I'm standing in the middle of nowhere. The only thing I could do was get a lend of another bike and my brother came to the rescue and I was never as grateful. The only problem, his bike didn't have cleats. So cleats are, you, you'll probably see cyclists if you're not aware, they, their feet are more or less secured into the pedals. Um, you wear special footwear and the pedal is slightly different um, and it just helps from a performance point of view but his bike didn't have cleats so I had to use ordinary trainers to pedal and I never realised the benefit of cleats until now. Like, definitely a good 5-10% to in your performance. And it wouldn't be until the run that I would truly see how much I would miss them. Um, but that was the cards I was dealt and I had come too far to pack it in now. Um, and we got the cycle done. And I probably, I would say I probably came in around 15 minutes slower than I anticipated. But... I'm going to put that down to the headwind and the lack of cleats. Um, but all of that aside, you know, at this stage, I have to say I was feeling good. Um, changing over to do the run, I was feeling really good. Um, like I said, my nutrition, my hydration was on point. Um, on course, we had a great strategy in place and it was clearly working, you know, and I was feeling really good. So now it was just on to the last leg, the last discipline to conquer which was the run all that stood in my way was a 21k of road and i set out in my run again the way we had this set up was it was a 10 10 odd k loop okay um and no joke 
and only started the run and the cramp on my left leg on the quad was oh I'd never felt anything like it and <laughs> I looked at my watch and I hadn't even hit 1k and I was thinking to myself how am I going to get through another 20k of this and this this was to be the darkest part of the whole the whole race <clears throat> this is where I had to really dig deep and all I could do was break it down one landmark to the next one stop sign one giveaway one house in the distance you know get to there and then we go again we'll look at another another mark in the road to get to uh it, it was brutal and looking back i think probably the the no cleats uh, on the bike probably played a massive role here on the cramp i, I was expected at some stage but wasn't expected so soon um then on top of that about 5k in um my right foot my right foot started to get pins and needles never experienced anything like it's it, the pins and needles it was that bad that i actually couldn't feel my right foot um to the extent i was actually misplacing my foot and sometimes um and this i have to say was starting to worry me a bit you know all sorts of things start to go through your head you know what if I continue? What are the re repercussions going to be? Well, I need to amputate my foot. Uh, no joke. These are the kind of conversations you're having with yourself, um, and it can be it can be scary. But all I could do was literally take it one step at a time and keep hydrating my body with electrolytes and glucose and and just hope that perhaps it might subside. And we got got to the halfway mark, and I did a few stretches to try and get the cramp to subside. But actually more to get the pins and needles out of my foot um and then it was finally turned for home and thankfully uh, i don't know when exactly but i could start feeling my, my right foot coming around to feeling normal again um it might have been around 12 i've maybe done about 12 13k at this stage but then the right leg the quad and the right leg started to cramp oh man you, you couldn't write this um so it really was suck it up time uh, but i was definitely in the mindset i wasn't stopping you know and i didn't care if i had to crawl home i, I wasn't packing it in now I, I'd, I'd come too far and i actually remember saying to louise um you know the, the night before the day off you know the only way i wasn't completing this thing was if the body didn't hold up if if I, I got injured or I tore a hamstring or something but that was the only way I wasn't stopping um, whatever it took I was getting it done I couldn't let myself down I couldn't let my family down and I couldn't let my clients down you know I preach to my clients all the time do what you said you were going to do and I knew if I could dig deep it, it would be worth it in the end and as you all know most of the gains in life come from suffering in the short term so that we can get paid in the long term uh, and that's so true and and as this was now approaching the hardest part of the whole thing i really had to dig deep and it was it was here that i had i had one trick up my sleeve i turned to my music to give me that release, to give me that inspiration, um, or something, 
um, that would just allow me to distract me and think about something else. And that wasn't until the last 5K. Um, so I turned the music on on the on the headphones and it definitely helped. The end, the end was within sight. And I, ha- I hadn't listened to one thing up until now throughout the whole day. I, I kept my earphones out. I just wanted to keep them in reserve and and I, and I know I, I needed it. I needed it now. So um, maybe looking back, sometimes we can, our mind can play tricks on us and we can have different versions of events. But from recall, I, th- I think I got a second wind around 3K out and uh, my run pace through the whole thing went better than I thought, even with the cramp and all. You know, I was allowing two hours and 15 minutes for the run, um, simply because in the half marathon that I did a few months back, I came in around an hour and 48 minutes, something like that. Um, But I actually came in on Saturday at an hour and 56. So I was about eight minutes longer, but I was really happy with that, considering everything I had been through before with the swim, the bike. And uh, running up to my house, the finish line, it um, it wasn't Lanzarote, it wasn't a big Ironman event, it wasn't the big finish line that you see at these events with all the jazz, but seeing my family, seeing my kids waiting on me, um, it, it didn't get any better than that. Um, so yeah, look, I've been harping on here longer than I anticipated. I just thought maybe some of you would have liked to have a bit of an insight into everything in the lead up, uh, lead up to the event and during the event. And it's been a hit record and talk kind of a thing. I haven't had a chance to really think about what lessons the whole thing's taught me or what were my biggest takeaways and things like that. And I'll probably do that over the next few days and no doubt over the next um, couple of episodes of the podcast there there will be stories to tell but um i think that'll do it for today um someone had asked me last night well, what's next and uh you know it's been a long journey it it really truly has been a long journey and this thing really probably did start now when i think about it probably december 20 january 21 when I decided to go through a bit of a body recomp phase for a few months uh, and that took me up to about May time uh, and then that's when the focus really turned to training for this half marathon and then the Ironman so it's been a, a strict regime it's been a lot of a lot of gym sessions a lot of runs a lot of bikes a lot of swims a lot of sacrifices um, I'm going to assess everything take the next few days and weeks to just have some fun with my training, following new plans, doing things I haven't been able to do in a while, um, inside the gym, using equipment that I haven't been able to, uh, and then I think if we we whisper it quietly, maybe look at another challenge or something. But it's going to have to be something that gets the juices flowing, you know. Um, I was getting a bit scundered with the training come come the end of this. I'll not lie, you know. An endurance event, there is it's a it's a lonely sport. There's a lot of hours on your own, a lot of commitment, a lot of sacrifices, and and that's not just for me. It can be a quite a selfish kind of a thing. You know, the family had to sacrifice a lot too. You know, 
Um, it, it added into our weekends a lot, and particularly as I work weekends also, so um, my family did sacrifice a lot in that regard. So I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll think of something. But anyway, guys, hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, and as always, feel free to share, leave a review, subscribe to the podcast, um, let me know your thoughts. Because uh, at the end of the day, the whole idea of this whole thing is hopefully it inspires someone to do something. It doesn't have to be an Ironman. It doesn't have to be, you know, it could be something big to you. And if, if this inspires you, then I've done my job, you know. And don't let anybody tell you that you can't. So, guys, thanks for your time. Thank you for listening. And as always, do better, be better. And what can you do today to ensure you're better than yesterday?